For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Amen. Open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians and chapter 15 is verse number 1 as we'll be at today. As I am excited to start this chapter, it is the gospel of the resurrection. It is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There's a lot of great things in this chapter we're going to look at today. And I just want to speak to you from my heart, from what God has showed me in this passage. So in verse number one, the Bible says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. See what Paul says here? I declare unto you the gospel that I preached. Paul reminds them and us of the good news that he preached to them in which they had received and which now they stand in which now you stand if you're saved, if you're born again. Amen. If you're a Christian. And, and Paul adds to that in those words, if you keep the memory uh, that I, what I preached, unless you'd have believed in vain, it was by the gospel of the resurrection that they and me and you have been saved. If you've been born again, if there was no such thing as the resurrection, well, there's no such thing as Christianity. Amen. Everything hinges off the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. That's how a person is saved. So if there was no resurrection, then there is no Christianity. And I know there's there were so were some false teachers back then that were teaching that, that Christ had not risen from the grave. And there's still some today that preach that. There's even one certain religion that still has Christ hung on the cross. You listen to me. The Lord Jesus Christ is not on that cross. The Lord Jesus Christ is not on that tomb. He is risen and he lives today. And that's why you can put your faith and trust in him and have eternal life because Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave, and he has power over it. Amen? Where is your faith today? What have you believed in? So in this passage, if this passage, it doesn't express any doubt in their salvation, and it does not teach that you're saved by holding fast. Paul simply stating that there's, if there was no such thing as a resurrection, then none of us are saved at all. But listen to me, that her, the resurrection is a biblical fact. 
It is a fact. And we're going to look at that here in just a minute. How many people, how many witnesses there was to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? And there were some who denied it. Those who denied bodily resurrection were launching an attack on the truth of the gospel. And listen to me. That is more than just a person attacking the gospel. That is a satanic attack. You have to remember that we look at people and say, I can't believe they believe that. I can't believe they're promoting that. I can't believe this. I... But listen, there's a root to the cause. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That is is where the real battle is at. All you can see with your eyes is the physical, but the real battle is the spiritual battle. And those false teachers have a demonic force behind them, pushing them, because why is the devil here? The Bible says that he is here to steal, to kill, and destroy. He is here to deceive every person that he can. And so some did deny it. But listen, the resurrection is a fundamental of the faith. Without it, there's no Christianity. You might as well hang it up and go party. Close the church doors and put your Bible down. But the truth is, the truth is, Jesus did rise from the grave. The Bible says so. God's holy word says so. And no, you don't have to believe that. That's one thing that's so sacred God himself won't touch. God gives each and every person free will. God wants you to choose him. And see, the real root of the problem is if they believe that there's a Jesus and that he defeated death, hell, and the grave, and that he rose from the grave, and that he is God in the flesh, and that person that when they die, they're going to have to answer to them, to God for their life. And that is the ultimate reason people deny the faith. They deny Christianity. They deny Christ because they don't want to have to give an answer to God. But the truth is, they're going to answer to God. The Bible says that every knee will bow and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Look what we now in verse number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 3. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Paul delivered to the Corinthians the message which he had received by divine revelation, and that is what we are reading today. The message that Paul had received by divine revelation. Amen. And now it's in God's word for all eternity. It'll be there. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall endure forever. Amen. So Jesus died to pay the penalty that we deserve for our sins. Now that doesn't become automatic. You have to make that personal. Just because Jesus died on the cross to pay a payment for our sins, he sure did. But without you realizing that you need that payment, without you realizing that you personally are a sinner, and you take what Jesus did and you personally apply it to your life and you ask for forgiveness and you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that's when God takes up residency in your heart and he seals you unto the day of redemption. How does he seal you? With the peace of the Holy Spirit. And this was all according to the scripture, according 
to God's word. The scriptures here, and he's referring to the Old Testament scripture. Since the New Testament wasn't even written then, the Old Testament predicted, prophesies that Christ would die for the sins of people, for the sins of us. And he tells us that in Isaiah 53, verses 5 and 6, they're proof of this. It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You hear what that says? God laid all the iniquity on Jesus God poured out wrath upon his son to take the punishment. That's how much God loves you. Now you stop and think about that. God made a way for you to come to him through his son, Jesus, the intercessor. God made a way for you to be forgiven. God didn't make a way for the angels to be forgiven. God didn't make a way for Lucifer, the devil, to be forgiven. They have no way. Their day will come when they'll be cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. But you, my friend, Jesus died for you. God made a way. God loves you that much that he made a way for you, that you could be forgiven of your sins. And before you say, well, I'm not that bad, because we diminish sin. We don't see sin like God does. The Bible says that our righteousness, the best that I have, the best that I can do, and the best that you can do on your best day, the Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of a holy God. The Bible says that there's none good, no, not one, not one of us. But Jesus is. Jesus is good enough for all of us. But here's the thing. You've got to get rid of that pride. Pride is a wedge in between you and God. In order to get to God, in order to accept Jesus, you have got to humble yourself and realize Realize that you're not good enough. Realize that you really are a sinner. Before you say, I'm not that much of a sinner. Well, the, what's the first commandment? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And the biggest mistake people make here in America is they make up their own God in their own mind. God wouldn't do that. My, my God wouldn't do that to anybody. God wouldn't let that happen. God wouldn't. They've made up their own God in their own mind. You're right. Your God wouldn't do that. But the God of the Bible the one true living God, he does do that. That is a big problem. People make up their own God. Listen to me. Do not do that. You pick up the Bible and you learn about God. You learn what God truly is. And listen to me. God is holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That's what the Bible says. But listen, he loves you enough that he sent his son to die on that cross. Why? Because he wants to be close to you. He wants to walk with you and talk with you and have a personal relationship with you, fellowship with you and get to know you. And he does that through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, you can't say that you love God, but you don't want nothing to do with Jesus because you can't get to God without going through Jesus. Amen. That's according to the Bible. That's not according to the preacher, Mike Sadler. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Look with me now in verse number four. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse number four. 
and that he was bruised, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. The burial of, of Christ was prophesied in Isaiah 53, 9, and so was his resurrection in Psalm 16, verse 9 and 10. So his burial was prophesied, his death was prophesied, and his resurrection was prophesied. And the truth is, you start really studying the whole Testament, you'll really see that those stories really point you to Christ. And that's what they're all about. And everything in the New Testament, what does it do? It points you to Christ. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He is worthy. And in this verse, I want you to notice how Paul emphasizes the testimony of the Scripture. What does he do? He points to the Scripture. And then he was buried, and then he rose again the third day according to the Scripture. Now listen to me. This should always be the test in all matters in your life relating to the faith. A point to the Scripture. What does the Bible say? That should be the bottom line in your faith. Not what you think, not what some preacher said, not what some doctrine was written, or this or that. But listen to me, like what Paul said, according to the Scriptures. That's why I love preachers that stand up and say, take your Bible and turn to this passage. Why? Because he wants you to see what the Bible says, what he's about to preach about. He wants you to see it with your own eyes. He wants you to read it, and he wants you to know what that Bible says. Like Paul says, according to the Scriptures. Amen? Because you'll never go wrong when you base your life on that solid rock, on the Bible, on Christ himself. You see, Christ is that Bible the Bible says in John that the Word, we can't even hardly wrap our minds around this, but the Bible says it, that the Word became flesh. And it's talking about Jesus. The Word of God became flesh. And that's Jesus. Amen. It is, we can't even hardly fathom that. Oh, we think we can, but if you will stop and think about it. And that's why Paul, Paul is pointing everybody to the Scripture. A hey, base your faith on what the Bible says. And anything that you, you're unsure about, you get in God's Word and you find it and you dig it out for yourself, those nuggets of gold, and let God show you through His Holy Word. There's nothing, nothing that compared to that is you and God getting alone and His Word and letting Him speak to you. Like Paul says here, according to the Scripture. Look with me now in verse number 5. And that he was seen of Cephas, then... Of the twelve, Cephas being Peter, and Peter is well known as as being the one that was loud mouth or always putting his foot in his mouth or always saying something wrong or doing something wrong. Or the truth is, most of us are Peters, and um, we need Peter. We learn a lot from Peter in the Bible. So in verse five and seven coming up, we have a list of those who eyewitness of the resurrection. God's Word is going to give you eyewitnesses to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, first of all, the Lord appeared to Cephas, which is Peter. And this is very touching indeed. The same faithless disciple who denied Jesus three times, who cursed, who said, no, I am not his disciple. Now, before that... He was all fired up. 
Jesus, I'll never leave you. I'll be with you to the death. I'll never deny you. I'll always be there. I'll never turn my back on you. I'll die for you. Next thing you know, Jesus is dying on the cross and Peter denies him three times, even spoke some bad words and cursed. And the Bible says the cock crew just had Jesus had told him, you'll deny me three times before the cock crews. Don't you know Peter went out and wept bitterly, knowing, knowing. I believed he loved Jesus. There's no doubt about that. But I believe after that, he went and wept bitterly and he was hurt at his own self. He hurt himself because he knew it would hurt his Savior. Amen. I do believe and I know that Peter loved Jesus. Even after all that, here we have what he says. Who was the first disciple that he made a personal appearance to? And that was to Peter. The Lord privileged him with the private appearance after that resurrection. Hey, listen, truly think about this. How great, how great is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? How big is the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus loved Peter. As many times, if you've been in the Christian faith very long, if you've been in the church very long, people do dumb things. Things, bad things happen. Sometimes people do th bad things, even though they are Christians. And a lot of times they are kicked to the curb. They are shunned. People turn their backs on them. They run them down. They stomp them in the ground. They turn around on them. They do all kind of things. And in the church, they call it, they're shooting, they're wounded. You listen to me. The Lord Jesus Christ is not happy with that. And that is not a funny statement. You look what Jesus did. With what Peter did, he denied him, but yet he gave him a personal appearance. He loved Peter, and he showed him grace and mercy and love. And listen to me, when people mess up, and people do something stupid, and people just do something they know they shouldn't do, it doesn't mean that you have to like what they did, but it does mean you should love that person. You can even be honest with them and say, I don't like that, but I sure love you. And I sure want you to get right. And I sure want you to be right. And I guarantee you that's how Jesus felt when he saw Peter. And Peter knew it. Peter knew it. And don't you know that made him want to even draw closer to Jesus? It's not going to make anybody want to draw closer to Jesus. You shunning them. You turning your back on them. You talking bad about them. You saying they're not welcome here anymore. But listen, it will make them want to draw closer to Jesus when you show them love and grace and mercy. So I'm going to say it again. Truly, how great is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we're supposed to be like him, we should show that to others, especially those that are hurting. Maybe they're hurting because it's of self-inflicted wounds. But you should still love that person. Everybody wants mercy. Everybody wants grace. But not everybody wants to give it. Listen to me. You think about what the Bible says. You reap what you sow. You want love and mercy and grace? Make sure that you are willing to give it. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is, he is willing to give it. Amen. Just as he showed here, the one that denied him and said, I'll have nothing to do with him and cursed and left and walk away. Jesus made it a point to make a personal appearance to him to show him how much he loved him. Amen. 
Praise God, what an example that is for us as Christians, for one and another to love each other no matter the situation. It doesn't mean you have to like what they did. I don't think Jesus liked what Peter did, but he sure loved Peter, and he sure gave him mercy, and he sure gave him grace. Amen? Make sure, Christian, that you are doing that to other Christians in your life and within the church. We need to show a lot more love, grace, and mercy. Amen to that. Look with me now in verse number 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 6. And that he was seen above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain under this present. But some are fallen asleep. 500 brethren, 500 men. It doesn't even say how many women and boys and girls saw him, but 500 brethren at once, at one time, not staggered out day after day or here or there, at one time, 500 brethren was an eyewitness to the Lord Jesus Christ and the resurrection. And at the time that Paul wrote this, a lot of them were still alive. He said, there's your witnesses, although some had fallen asleep. In other words, they had passed away. They were died. They were in the grave. But there are many witnesses. And listen to me. You got something that's even greater than that. You got greater witnesses than that. You know what it is? You have God's word in your hand. You have the Bible. You have the scripture that God wants to speak to you. There is no greater witness than that, than the Lord Jesus Christ and the God's holy word. Amen. But five other brethren 500 at one time saw him. Wow, what a witness. Wow, weren't they astonished at seeing him? Wait a minute. He died on the cross. They nailed him to the cross. They crucified him. They whipped him half to death. And here he is, and he walks among us, and he lives. You listen to me, amen. He lives today. He lives, he lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. Don't you love those good gospel songs? Man, what truth there is in them. Verse number seven. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And most commentaries uh, assume that, that this James was his half-brother. And I believe that. I believe that this James was his half-brother. And verse 7 also tells us that the Lord appeared to all the apostles. And verse 8 tells you, And last of all was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. And Paul is talking about himself here. Paul speaks of his own personal acquaintance with the risen Christ. And that took place on the road to Damascus when he became a Christian when he saw a great light from heaven and he met, he met the glorified Christ face to face for himself. He had a personal encounter. He was one born out of due time. And Paul speaks of himself and he says, I'm inferior to the rest of the apostles because of my past, because I murdered Christians, because I persecuted the church. Because I did a lot of wrong against the church and against Christ. Remember what Jesus said when he met him? Paul had been going around tearing apart churches and murdering Christians and dragging them out the street. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, Paul, why, has thou, why are you persecuting me? Remember what I said about evil forces being behind people and demonic forces and that the real battle is a spiritual battle? Paul may never hurt Jesus physically himself, but he was after his followers. And therefore, 
He was really persecuting Jesus. Those that persecute you are not really persecuting you. They're after Jesus. They may not even realize it, but they hate God themselves. They may even be in church. I ask you today, do you know that you know that you know that you have been born again, that you have repented of your sins and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, that you have met Jesus personally like Paul did on that road to Damascus. Make sure that you know that you know that you know that you are saved. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.